Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Friday. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I hope you have a smile on your face because it's going to be the best day. Why? Well, we're all over the map today. The hatred of America. Is that unique to America's brand of communism? Why is China firing a bunch of military brass who were the greatest troops in history, women and their cats? Why are we allowing our shipping to be pushed around by the Houthi rebels? All that, so much more is coming up tonight on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. I want to begin actually here in a very, very different place than normal. I know it's the, 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 the story everyone else is talking about, but I want to begin here. Jesse, what do you make of Xi Jinping firing the top Chinese military brass? Is it just commies being commies, or is there something to it? 
The only reason I'm bringing this up to open the show, I have a purpose for it. Just stay with me here. A couple things we need to understand. This is potentially a huge month on the world stage. And here is why. I'm not going to go into all the details because I'm not a Taiwan expert or a China expert. I know a little bit about a little bit, okay? But understand this. You know China wants Taiwan. China considers Taiwan already part of China, right? They, They don't even have Taiwan written on their maps over there. China wants Taiwan. And this is going to come back to America. So just stay with me here. Taiwan is about to have their election. Their election is now. It's in January. Their election is now. And China has been working very, very hard. In, you can't even count how many infiltrators and spies and how, how much effort they've taken to kind of worm their way through Taiwan's society to make sure it's more pro-China, more pro-China, more pro-China, more pro-China. Essentially, China is hoping that they can win Taiwan's election. Taiwan might go pro-China electorally, and we're going to know that this month. If they do... Taiwan's pretty much going to hand the keys of Taiwan to China. That's the way that's that's the thinking on it by the experts I talk to. If they don't, this might be a worse case scenario when it comes to America and Americans. It's something we have to keep our eyes on. I know we don't talk a lot of foreign policy because we don't care about it as much, but this is something to keep your eyes on. If Taiwan's elections do not go in China's favor. China is planning to invade. They are. They have been building an amphibious military. That's something you have to be purposeful about. Militaries don't just have you know, the ability to land from ocean onto the land and attack you. The, the amphibious warfare is a different kind of a warfare. Very difficult, very complicated. You have to get the right equipment for it, and the right training. China's been doing that. China's been building up for this purpose for an invasion. Now, this will come to us in a moment. Stay with me here. There's something you have to know about China and their military. Yes, it's very big. It's very well-funded. Not as well-funded as ours. Not as big as ours, but it's very big, very well-funded, very modern. But we don't necessarily know what it can and can't do yet, and here's why. China, what they do is they steal intellectual property. They're famous for this on the world stage. What does that mean? Uh, I come up with an invention, or an invention of some kind. Who knows what, it, what I would come up with, something stupid. I come up with a glove that has swords that come out of it, like Wolverine. That's, that's, my, all right, that's my invention, the, the Wolverine sword glove, right? Instead of working with me, instead of buying into my company, paying for the technology. China, because they're so fond of just thumbing their nose at all the world's authorities, they would just take my Wolverine glove, come over here, grab it, break into my office at night, steal it, steal the design, go over there and make a knockoff version, their version of it, without giving me any money or credit for it. Only they do this 
on the super, super advanced level, we're not talking about Wolverine sword gloves. We're talking technology, military tech, ships, planes, radar, sonar, things like this. Really, really important things. China's military is big and it is well-funded and it is impressive. It is also the equipment they use. It's a knockoff military. Now, that doesn't mean that their stuff doesn't work. I'm not saying that at all. This is an advanced nation. I'm not saying that. Knockoff brand Captain Crunch can be just as delicious as the original Captain Crunch without tearing up the roof of your mouth. I'm not saying China's stuff doesn't work. I'm saying we don't know. We, we don't know. And when it comes to firing generals and things like that, understand that China's military is extremely unproven. Our military has a bunch of hardened war fighters in it because we've been fighting the global war on terror for the last two decades. Therefore, we have a ton of people with combat experience. Yes, our generals are a bunch of turds and losers, but we have a bunch of people on the ground with combat experience. China does not. Now, let's go back to the equipment thing again, because this is going to tie into America. Just stay with me for a moment. Um, even if your military is organized and you have advanced tech, there's a chance you can run into a situation where combat tests something you had planned on using and it fails horrifically. There's going to be at least something in China's military that doesn't work properly. Did you know that America in World War II, did you know that we had the worst torpedo on the planet? We would send these torpedo bombers out. It's like the most dangerous job you can do in the air because you had to fly down by the water level and fly straight. And these torpedo bombers, oftentimes they'd all, they'd all die. If you go, we love the Battle of Midway, right? Go Midway. Yeah, go read about the torpedo bombers. They all died virtually all of them, for nothing because the torpedo they dropped didn't work. Most of the time, it didn't even blow up. We'd shoot ships from subs. It wouldn't blow up. Our planes would drop it. It would run too deep. It wouldn't blow up. It would hit and nothing would happen. It, it was a, a scandal, a huge scandal from what I understand at the time, a huge scandal at the time. Sometimes combat tests your stuff and it doesn't work. That brings me to my point on it coming back to us. If Taiwan votes against China, if their election doesn't go China's way, China's going in, where does that leave us? And the answer to that question is I don't know. I don't know because America's policy for Taiwan with Taiwan and China has always been confusing, and it's only getting gotten more confusing since mealy mouth Biden took over. Biden says, yes, we'll protect Taiwan. We'll step in. We'll fight a war. Well, hold on. No, we want to be friends with China. Well, wait, we'll honor our commitment. We don't know what we will do in response to a Chinese invasion. But that brings me to like what we're doing right now with the Houthi rebels. We're being attacked daily. 
our shipping lanes are being attacked daily. Shipping lanes that matter to you and me. We're not over there. We don't see them. But when we see costs going up unexpectedly, we don't understand why. It's because shipping costs are going up. And that's built into a lot of the things, especially the things that are from overseas. We're being attacked repeatedly by this group of not technologically advanced rebels. Yeah, they have some drones and stuff like that from Iran, but these are not people who can stand up to us at all, and we haven't done anything to them. If China's looking on, they're looking on at a bunch of dudes in mud huts taking on the United States, and the United States of America isn't doing anything about that. China has to assume probably can safely assume that that same United States military is not going to check China because checking China might involve World War III. Remember that uh, thing we were talking about, that game we are talking about, about your play with a buddy and you're supposed to say an inappropriate word louder and then he says it louder and then he says it louder and the goal is to see who chickens out first and you don't want to get in that game if, if, you're, if your buddy is one of the types who will never quit, you don't want to just don't, just give it to him. But what if China thinks Taiwan's worth World War III and we don't? This is all going to take place this month, this election. Pay attention to that, all right? I can't believe we just talked about Taiwan's election. All right, let's talk about America's communists. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Did you have to play China Road, Michael? Isn't that a little too on the nose for the China conversation? Just one more quick thing on this. Again, China, they have every right to assume America isn't all that committed to protecting Taiwan. These are a couple different clips of our current commander-in-chief that we are not going to step back. We are not going to change any of our views. So are you it's saying a, that, that the United States would come to Taiwan's defense if yes, China attacked? We, yes, we have a commitment to do that. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. To be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. And then you remember the next day, the White House walked it back both times. Remember that? Joe Biden gets up. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're, we're definitely, we're going in. And the press freaks out. You just heard the guy get indignant about it. You're, you're saying American troops? Joe Biden sits there and says, oh yeah, American troops. Then the next day, the White House comes out and says, well, I mean, look, that's not what we... China sees a weak, quibbling administration... China's not going to sit around and wait and risk a Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis presidency. They're not going to blow an opportunity like having Joe Biden in the White House. And that leads me to this before we get to American communists and everything else here on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. That leads me to this. And this is a legitimate question. We know that Joe Biden's criminal enterprise, we know it extended into China. In fact, I, I don't even I don't know if you call it mostly, but half Joe Biden's business or more is in China. Joe Biden funneling money through Hunter Biden, Hunter flying over there with dad on Air Force Two, going to business meetings while Joe Biden was, was vice president, so on and so forth. Okay, so stay with me here. Stay with me. Uh, what I'm going to say is going to sound a little cloak and dagger, but this is how politics has always worked 
So this is how it still works. China, as you know, they observe everything in their country, especially everything that goes on in the cities. They're, they're, they're recording faces. They know your movements. They know these things. Not as much in rural China because it's too big and too vast, but in the cities where Hunter and Joe would have done their business, China knows and records everything for many different reasons, for state security reasons, that's just what communists do, and for black male reasons. How much dirt does Joe Biden, or does China have on Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the family itself? How much dirt do they have? A lot. Let's, let, let's, let's just get to that point. That's not really an opinion. They have a lot of dirt. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden records it himself. Hunter Biden's probably got three or four laptops over there. They have a lot, have a lot, okay? So again, what does that mean when Joe Biden's the commander in chief, China wants to make a big, bold move. Let's say they don't want America involved. This is why it's so dangerous to have a compromised president. And more specifically, this is why it's so dangerous to have a compromised media because the fact that Joe Biden is compromised is something that every single American citizen should have known before the election. Now we have a man in the White House who very likely has his hands tied on what he can and cannot do because China has criminal information on him and his child. That's not crazy out there stuff. That's the likely the likely thing we have right now, China has dirt on Joe. How deep it goes, how much, I don't know. But when you have a media, well, Michael, cut 22, go. You know, I put my name and my reputation on the line with my listeners. And when my listeners feel like he didn't deliver, they come back to me and they say, hey, man, you're the one who told us to vote for, uh, you know, Joe Biden. You're the one who told us to vote for Kamala Harris. So, you know, I care about my listeners and what my listeners think. But I do want to say that, you know, I, I think President Biden historically has been a, a lack of lack of a better word elected official but you know donald trump is the end of democracy as we know it so you are yeah yeah yeah, yeah we got, simple we got, and plain got, like you know if, if you um, when the american media decides that donald trump is the antichrist the end of democracy all these other things and they only focus on him then they don't report to the american people that joe biden is corrupt and compromised and now here we are three years into a biden presidency and we find ourselves in quite a pickle don't we all right you know what? Let's do something good real quick before we get back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. America's communists, their hatred of America and things like that. Let's talk really quickly about aches, pains, sitting down and you do the... No, I know. I know. I, I got it. I know. You wake up in the morning oh, as you're getting out of bed. I know. What if, what if that could get better? Because it can, you know. And we can make that better without poisoning our bodies with big pharma filth. You ever tried Relief Factor? You should. Relief Factor, it's all natural stuff. Omega-3s and turmeric and things like that. It helps your body fight inflammation naturally. So you can be pain-free without liquefying your liver. And Relief Factor is so confident in what they do 
they give three-week quick start kits for $19.95. $19.95, take it for three weeks. Doesn't work, stop it. It works. It's incredible, the difference. My gosh, my shoulder feels so much freaking better. You have to call them. 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. All right? All right. Jesse, is the hatred of country specific to our brand of American communism, or is this a shared trait of most communist regimes? Is this a fatal flaw in communism here in America? Okay, hatred of country. Is this just America's communists? I mean, it's not, it's not a mystery. Democrats hate the United States. But is that how communists have always been? Did the Soviets hate the Soviet Union? Did the Chinese, did the Chi-Coms hate China? This, it's actually an interesting conversation because what's happened is communism has morphed and changed over time. And so, no, our communists look a little different. I'll, I'll explain what I mean in a moment. Hang on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And don't forget, you can you can still ask me questions. We're live. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now let's deal with this. In case you're just joining us, here is the question. Jesse, is the hatred of countries specific to our brand of American communism? Or is this a shared trait of most communist regimes? Is this a fatal flaw in communism here in the U.S.? Okay, let me explain. First, remember this. Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto. German guy writes Communist Manifesto. And communism was beginning to rise for a reason. Allow me to explain. You know what? Nobody hates communism more than me, but just allow me to explain. I'm explaining on behalf of the people who were pushing this in the beginning. The world changes. They call it turnings. Maybe you've even heard of the fourth turning. There have been three turnings, and there's a fourth turning coming basically here. And I kind of subscribe to a lot of that. We'll set that aside for a moment. But huge changes happen on the planet that really reorder the planet all the time. These are things that happen. One of the big changes towards... The end of the 1800s, during the 1800s, this is a long process, is people were getting tired of monarchies. They were getting tired of evil, corrupted governments, these evil, corrupt families and monarchies who've been running things for a long time. When, you know, you'll tolerate the monarch right up to the point where families are starving and then you're all, well, it's time to kill him. That's kind of how things were going. People were chafing under monarchies big time. And then World War I happened. Just stay with me here. World War I was, it was a huge reason the scourge of communism really took hold on the planet. It's not as if it started in World War I. It was around before then, but that's when it really, really started to take off. Why did communism start to take off? Because the messaging of communism, especially back then, not as much today. Today, it's more cultural Marxism. But back then, the messaging of communism was the poor people, the peasants, the poor people, the peasants, the poor people, the peasants. Well, World War I, uh, most people don't know much about it because everyone focuses on World War II. 
but World War I was so unlike other conflicts had ever been, so horrific. You, a, a million men gone, an entire town worth of young men gone, and France, and Russia, and Germany, and Britain, and, and this is before we even joined mass slaughter to, that people couldn't wrap their minds around. We'd never had really machine guns before then. We'd never had poison, gas, artillery. Artillery. What World War I what really was was an artillery war. Everyone focuses on the gas and the gas mass and things like that, but it was an artillery war. Just inhuman amounts of carnage. And what happened was in countries like France, France would flat out have... You'd have to call it a mutiny on the front lines. People were so sick of dying in mass. You're sleeping on your buddy's feet because they got blown off in the middle of the night. It, it was horrible. And they were having to have public trials and executions because there was a socialist-run mutiny taking place in various militaries. And it wasn't just the Soviet. It wasn't just the Russians. They weren't Soviets yet. It wasn't just the Russians. It was France. It was otherwise. This is going to come back to America. Just stay with me. And this revolution was understandable. Look, this is me. This is the, the person who hates communism more than anyone else. But I'm telling you, if you're a young man and all your friends have died and your brother has died and now you're running out of food on the front line and your commanders don't seem to care about you at all, remember, it's not that they didn't care, but it sure seemed that way on the front lines where commanders would just order troops to charge machine gun nests over and over and over again and get mowed down. How many times do you have to watch your entire platoon be mowed down before you think, man, the people in charge are evil and murderous and screw them? Well, this is what was really taking place. World War I really, really pushed this hardcore and that's when communism really blew up and took off in the Soviet Union. Now, it still wasn't the majority of people there. It's never been the majority. It won't. But that's when it really took hold. It took hold as a challenge to the existing power structure. That's what it took hold as originally. It wasn't necessarily a pro this country or anti this country. It was a hey, all the people who run the world are evil and horrible, and look, they're ordering us with all this death and misery, so don't you want something better? How about embracing communism where you'll be equal to that guy, and he won't be able to do that to you anymore? You know the evils of communism now, but if you're a person back then and you're starving and you're dying and life is miserable, that might be a very appealing message to you. Don't you agree? If you're being honest with yourself, look, I'm... This is Mr. Anti-Communist. This is me. I could see that message being very, very appealing to me if I felt like the leaders were, my leaders were evil and hated me and were killing me and my family and my friends. I could, that would resonate with me. What well, resonated with them. So when communism really kicked off in the Soviet Union, it wasn't a pro or anti-Russia thing, even though the leaders of the movement, they knew they had to cloak it as that. It wasn't that. It was much more of a, the people in charge are evil and we are your solution to that. It's always been the religion of the malcontent, right? But don't get me wrong. The Soviet leaders, they had to cloak it back then in a different way. They had to cloak it back then as being 
pro-Russia. We are the true Russians. We love Russia. That's how they had to do it. You actually see this same thing with Democrats today. They'll behind closed doors. And when it comes to legislation and otherwise, they will set fire to this country at every turn. And then they'll get up on, in front of the camera. Michael, get cut five ready. And they'll start talking about things like the founders and things like things that sound great when these people don't care about this at all. Cut five. Go. But he has been great and he has a vision for a country that is consistent with what our founders ah. had as a vision. He yeah, has yeah, knowledge. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, again, yeah. it honors that vision. The Soviets understood the they had to sound really, really, really pro-Russian. Now, how does that translate into America? Why, why do they hate America so much? Well, there are a couple of different reasons for this, but one of the reasons actually does tie back to the Soviet Union. Remember, this was a war between our two nations and two ideologies for the longest time, a cold war, the Soviets and their communism, America and our capitalism, when we used to be a capitalist country. So... The Soviets, when they came here, when they began infiltrating here, I read about all this in the Anti-Communist Manifesto, by the way. That could be purchased at jessekellybook.com. Anyway, but when they came here, it was always to subvert and destroy America because America represented the opposition to them and vice versa. We just lumped Soviet Union and communism together. Whatever would take them down would take down communism and we would win. So that's a real basis for what you, why you see what you see here. So much America hatred within our borders. That's how our communists were trained originally. So that's part of it. Another part of it actually ties back to what we were talking about just a minute ago. A belief, a belief that the power structure of the world is evil and therefore you have to have a revolution and burn it all down. This is why these people are so committed to destroying America because they believe America really is the main support beam for the power structure of the world. That's why American communists and foreign communists alike, they all want to tear down America first because they believe if America falls, the rest of the world will follow suit. That's why it looks a little bit different here. And that is exactly why you already should have purchased your emergency three-month food kit because these people are not just street thugs anymore. They're actually the people who are running things now. Wrap your mind around that. The people who are running things now are the people trying to burn things down. That brings it home, doesn't it? As we speak, John Kerry is representing you, representing me on the world stage. John Kerry, who's already declared war on agriculture. Do you think an emergency three-month food kit would be a good idea like now? My Patriot Supply has them prepped and ready to go. Everyone in your home needs emergency food. Buy it. Do not brag about it to your friends. Don't tell me about it. Buy it, stash it, forget about it, and pray to God you never need it but you better have one for everyone in your home. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com because that's how you get $200 off. So don't pay full price like a chump. Preparewithjessikelly.com. We'll be back. Get the cure for rhinos. Weekdays with the Jesse Kelly Show. 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't forget, if you miss a single part of the wonderful, world-famous, super-important Jesse Kelly Show, you can download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, uh, look, one more thing on the, the America hatred. The American communist is taught from the youngest age. Your Democrat friends, if you're being honest, they all talk this way. They all talk about America, even your, quote, moderate Democrat friends, as if it kind of sucks, don't they? Have you ever heard a single Democrat friend of yours say something wonderful about America? You have not. It's all America sucks. America is crap, crappy at this and crappy at that. It's evil. It's racist. It's horrible. It's awful. It's colonizers. It's evil, evil, evil. America sucks. America sucks. America sucks. And what happens is that creates a mission in the mind of the communist. For the communist, the height of good is to defeat what is evil, and they view America as being that evil. I've tried to explain this. I, I went off yesterday. I was trying to explain this to New Yorkers. I was trying to explain. The illegals are never going to stop coming. The White House would be fine if they stopped coming. The communists would be fine if they stopped coming to New York. But they're never going to stop flooding America with them at all. It doesn't matter how angry New Yorkers get because flooding America with illegals is simply part of what you would do to an evil country you despise. They don't like America. In fact, they freaking hate it. Let's allow the entire third world to come here and pick at the bones until there's nothing left. That's why Corinne Diversity Hire got up in front of everyone and said, hey, New York's, New York's pretty much on their own. That's what she said. That's how it's going to be. Destruction of America takes priority over everything else for these people. Everything. They're not going to stop because, again, America to them is the height of all evil. That's what they believe. If there was an evil country, that, what's an evil country to you? What's a country you hate? What's an easy one? Uh, Nazi Germany. Nobody's a big fan of Nazi Germany, right? Nazi Germany. If you were around during the Nazi Germany era, would you want to tear down that regime? Or would you want to support it? I, and I know that's a ridiculous comparison comparing them to us, but you have to understand for the American Democrat, that's not a ridiculous comparison. That's how they view this country. Is that insane and wrong? And are they evil and demons and all this? Yes, all that stuff is true, but that is how they view things here. That is why you have a United States senator bragging on the Senate floor that the fiscal crisis is virtually guaranteed because he didn't have to cut a dime. Michael, cut 11. Go. Congressional leaders have reached a top-line agreement for government funding for the 2024 fiscal year. When we began our negotiations, our goal was to preserve a non-defense funding level of $772 billion, the same level agreed to in our debt ceiling deal last June. And that $772 billion was precisely the number we reached. Not a nickel, not a nickel was cut. People get confused. That's, Jesse, I don't understand. How could he brag about that? Well, you and Chuck Schumer have different goals. 
This is what Republicans have never understood. You get it, but elected Republicans never get this. You have different goals. You have different ideas of what is success and what is not success. Chuck, Chuck Schumer, for, for him to achieve success, he will destroy America. That's what he wants. Not a dime in cuts. Woohoo! Guaranteed fiscal crisis. Yes! That's what I've always wanted. You want to save America. Save the dollar. Save all these things. Chuck Schumer does not. You have different goals. It's the assumption that you have the same goals that's killing us. That's what's really, really getting us down. You know what else is killing us? These pillows we have. The pillows we have that are lumpy and they get hot at night. You lay down and you know what? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You wake up at midnight and your ear is hot and you have sweat on the side of your face and your pillow's kind of matted there. Isn't that miserable? Why don't you get a MyPillow 2.0? They're 50% off right now. Temperature regulating thread. No more hot ear. Get some flannel sheets, mattresses, and mattress toppers. What, what they're having right now is a huge New Year's sale on virtually everything. That's kind of their blowout beginning of the year thing they do from time to time. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Use the promo code JESSE or call them 800-845-0544. No more hot ear. All right? No more. JESSE, as the historical oracle, I was wondering who would you say were the best troops based on culture, battles fought, and military success? I'm talking ancient troops, Carthaginians, Carthaginians, Spartans, Assyrians, Romans, Persians, Mongols. What do you think? Um... Look, I'll have a million emails arguing with me about this and all that's 100% right because I'm not saying I'm right. This is one of those things. You, what can you prove? You can't prove it. You can't prove You don't know. Uh, the Mongol army, people do not understand what happened with the Mongol army. When the Mongol, when Genghis Khan finally organized the Mongols into a real invasion force, they... It's not just that they defeated everyone. They dominated everyone. It would be like, uh, you know, boxing. You know, you obviously know what boxing is. Maybe you're a boxing fan or MMA. It would be like somebody walking into the heavyweight division and not beating all the other boxers, just destroying them all. In every match, they would say, wow, this one's going to be close. Man, this other guy's undefeated. He, he really might be the one who finally stops him. And then you just go out there and just knock him out a minute into the first round. The Mongols took on everyone. The Muslim empires in the Middle East at the time, they just dismantled them as if they were nothing. They then went into Europe and took on the knights, all those amazing Christian knights with their armor. And, and these are people who were experienced in combat and knew what they were doing. And the Mongols just annihilated them with I don't want to say with little effort, but with not much. It's not as if it was, wow, that one was really touch and go. They just mowed through everybody. The only people who gave them any trouble at all were some of the Chinese just because of the environment and the vastness of China. They were always taking on these million-person armies. I don't know that anybody can compare to the Mongols. To this day, we use systems the Mongols set up. You know, units of 10, and then a few units of 10 makes a platoon, and all that's Mongolian. 
the, the Mongols, man, what Genghis Khan did is amazing. It was horrible, right? It's, you didn't want to be part of a siege, but it was horrible. All right. We have much, much, much more to go. The Houthi rebels. Why haven't we done anything? Hang on. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 